Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining me on a Saturday. Saturday, of course, as always, this is a show about stock market investing. I'm Brett Rosenthal, the creator of the Armor Report. And today what we're going to do is get into a couple of issues about stock market. Um, we're going to look at the indexes themselves. This is the start of a new year. What do our algorithms tell us about direction? We're going to get into the precious metal space, what happened this week and what it means going forward for us. And of course, we're going to spend some time on the cannabis couch before I get to your questions. Um, let me remind you, the Armour Report is a um, resource that I created for individual investors managing their own capital. I commend you for that decision, but you're, I think, over time recognizing it's a monumental task. So what I've tried to do is put together a resource to help you um, gather information I'll share my information with you, and then over time, you'll be able to create that information on your own. And of course, information is what makes money. So that's what we're all after here. So the Armour Report is about a combination of quantitative execution and fundamental um, information gathering. We call that quantumental investing. And that's the information edge that I share with you on all these shows. So... Please remember that the information is information I'm using to manage my own personal assets. For Armor Insiders subscribers, and if you wish, you could subscribe right down here to this YouTube channel, but also to our website, armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com. We have three portfolios set up. These portfolios are literally what I do with my own personal capital. So we have index only swing trading, and investing. Those three portfolios, and I divide my capital among the three. And so I'm sharing with you my process. Over time, I hope it increases your success of managing your own capital. That's the goal here. So make your own decisions. Do your own due diligence. I'm not telling you what to do since I don't know you. I, I couldn't possibly tell you what to do. I don't know your risk tolerance. Okay? But what I can do is share information off of our whiteboard and share information from our proprietary algorithms to help you get on the right side of probabilities over and over again when rewards worth the risk. And if you execute that process instead of looking at your P&L, I think that your experience will be enhanced. That's what's worked for me. And I call it the armor investing way. It's a three-stage process, right? We build the whiteboard, fundamental research. We use the algorithms. Those are proprietary, and I'll share the information with you. And then we use a stop-loss discipline to protect us from ourselves, from our own ego. Okay, we're going to get into all that today. So let's get to it. If you like this conversation, I would really appreciate it if you pound that like button. It really helps me out on YouTube. And of course, down here, guys, if you want to subscribe, feel free. I look forward to seeing you armor um, trading desk. So for armor subscribers, we have a Slack room set up where we're all sharing ideas together all day long. I'm sharing my screen. We're talking about what's happening as it's happening. And so perhaps you'd like to be a part of that. Let's go. All right. 
step one, I always like to look at the indexes themselves. All right, so let's take a quick peek here at um, the S&P. Okay, so this just grounds us for this whole conversation today. You might ask me, why do I always do this? It's not just for new viewers of this uh, channel and this video. It's for all of us to remember where we are in the process. Sometimes we get so close to the tree and we're examining bark that we forget the entire forest. And so what we have here is an absolutely beautiful end of the week, the first week of the new year. And this is why I titled this particular video, The Mechanical Bull Market Continues. Take a look at the weekly chart of the S&P. All right, that's a beautiful weekly candle. You don't get more bullish than that. It's an inside-out reversal week where Monday was the low, Friday was the high. That is ideal. You know, for those of you who follow me, I'm doing a video for you all every night at the end of trading, just to go over the trading wrap-up for the day. So the stock market wrap-up, if you will, with the Armour Report. And I do it every night, usually at 4.30, sometimes 6.30, depending on my own schedule. And we talked about it on Monday as the market plummeted, that we don't like gap up Monday mornings because they can lead to that nasty selling, which it did. But the key is what happens Friday, right? So if that Monday morning gap up leads to selling that implodes, then we have a real negative start to the year and we would have been in a very uh, big cash position and we would have carried our hedges. But on Tuesday, we already took two thirds of our hedges off. And the reason was there was no further deceleration in the market, right? It didn't break down. In fact, it was up. So we booked profit on our index puts. The IWM puts and the triple Q puts. And by the end of the week, of course, you know, the market's trading higher. So everything looks great on the market indexes. So step one today, looking at the indexes, looking at the algorithms, what I would say is this, the armor algorithms. So let's go through this. Let's try to go through this step by step and how I view the market, how I invest, the armor investing way. Step one, I look at the seven indexes that we have proprietary algorithms written for that tell us when to commit capital, when to take capital out of the market, right? That's the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, small cap index, the momentum index, the value index, and the IBD 50. That covers the entire market for us. It's really, those seven really help us understand when to commit capital, when to protect it. In early um, November, what I've done here is just highlight for you with these green arrows and these yellow arrows and these red arrows, what the algorithms are telling us. This is our risk monitor. So Armor Insiders know you can go to our website, click on the risk monitor page, and we update it whenever there's a major change. All right. So the beginning of November, we said it's risk on across the board. And by, by right around here on the 18th, we said we're into risk management, or I should say manage success mode. Managed success mode means that we're basically, depending on how uh, uh, the type of investor you are, swing strategist or an investor, you're following your positions up with stops. You should have a lot of profits in your portfolio, right? And you're just using elevated stops to protect yourself. Swing strategy is going to protect faster and then rotate that money back into new ideas for the next leg up. 
invest portfolios aren't going to change their portfolios much. They're going to have more lenient stops. They're just going to ride positions higher. Okay. So that's what we've been doing and nothing's changed. And if anything, the first week of January was perfect for a continuation of this rally, probably for the end of the, right to the end of the month. I don't usually make predictions. I never make predictions. Please don't listen to what I just said about the end of the month. I could get out of everything on Monday if I have to. But everybody asks me for predictions, so I throw them out there every now and then. But the armor investing way is about following a process and not letting your ego get in the way. And the fastest way to get your ego involved is to make predictions. I had a guy ask me this week, he wanted to... It was asking me to manage his capital and we were discussing it and he wanted to, what do I expect? How much money do I expect to make every year? How could I possibly come up with that number? I could make up that number like probably every other guy out there trying to raise capital, but you see, I'm not trying to raise capital. I run my own capital and I'm happy doing that. And I love working with you all and I love sharing the process with you. So I'm just, you know, I'm going to tell it like it is. I don't know what my returns are going to be this year. I never know. Did I know that the performance last year was going to be multiples of the S&P? No. It depends on what the market gives us. You know, the market, we're down 25, 30% for the year. And we're up one or 2%. That's a heroic year. Heck, if we're down one or 2%, it's a heroic year. It's a question of alpha and what the market's willing to give you. And we just keep executing our process. Over time, we expect to see net worth rise. So let's move on. I wanted to, uh, let's dive into, um, let, let, me, let me wrap up my market discussion with this. So we had a great week. It was an inside-out reversal week. The market closed right on the highs. Um, I'm waiting for the volatility index to break to new lows to really confirm higher prices throughout the month. Okay. And it, it got close. It got close. Look at that. Is that a new low on, on VIX here? Let's just squinch this down a little bit. Jeez, it looks like it closed at a new low. What is that? 1630. Wow. What are these lows here? 1646, 1674. So it looks like we actually closed on a new low on the volatility index at the end. I didn't even realize that. Hot off the press. We just ended at a new low on the volatility index. So that's a beautiful thing. Okay, so that literally confirms the new high in the market. Volatility needs to really break down in here, and then we've got it. I know that there are guys talking about um, options that will come off the board on the 15th and things could change next week. The options market, you know, I use gamma a lot for understanding the market, but it doesn't, that doesn't predict for me, right? We have to see what happens and then we readjust our portfolios for those of you who've asked me about gamma questions. Anyway, so VIX breaks down, market makes new highs, everything's in order for further uh, upside in the market. And so by the end of this week, armor portfolios are uh, fully invested. Okay, so we'll get to some of the things we invested in a little bit later in the show. Let's go talk about precious metals right now. Um, let's look at the chart. 
And what I want to share, I want to share a philosophical discussion with you on this. Okay. There's the chart of the of GDX. So first of all, any of you following what I've been saying is that we were buying GDX right in here. Okay. We bought it before it broke out. So first of all, hot off the press, we are out of all of our precious metals positions by the end of the day yesterday. All of our precious metals positions are no longer in our portfolio at the close of business Friday. Now, you might say to me, how's that possible? You were buying it. You talked about it last week. And what I submit to you about this and every other investment is that we use stop losses to protect us from ourselves. I know what my stop is before I get involved. I have a fundamental opinion of what I think is happening in, a, in, in an asset. And so I take a position. I use algorithms to get involved. Those algorithms don't guarantee success. All these things work if you marry them with a stop-loss discipline. This is why the Armour Investing Way is a three-stage process. Build the whiteboard, your fundamental opinion on ideas. Use algorithms, which I'll share with you as an Armour Insider and on the show, about when to commit capital. And use stop-losses to protect yourself from yourself. If you don't do that, they'll carry you off the trading floor. I've seen it happen over and over again. In fact, one of my favorite subscribers ran into this very issue on precious metals last year. She just refused to follow the stop discipline. And it hurt. And it hurts me. Because I spend every single day, every single weekend with you guys, sharing the importance of stop-loss disciplines. And yet it is the hardest thing for investors to grasp. Because you're not, we're not made that way. Humans just aren't made that way. Our ego gets involved. We get all excited. We think things are going to work. And then, in a very strange twist of fate, people are more comfortable losing money than making money. They start losing money. They say, oh, I'm a long-term investor. It'll be okay. And they lose more and more and more. Stock starts to go up. They book profits real quick. I don't get it. You have got to flip that emotion if you're going to be a successful investor. And we're going to get to that in a minute when we talk about cannabis. So anyway, I spoke to you all this week, and I talked about how the fourth day is always the key day after a gap up. So first of all, we bought GDX right. It gapped up. We were already making money in GDX. We didn't chase it that day. We added other names in the gap day. But we had a core position of GDX before that news. Boom, it popped up. And what I said to you is usually after a gap up, there'll be a three-day consolidation, and day four is what matters. What we wanted to see was day four breaking out to the upside, and instead, it was a colossal failure. Day four was a gap down that imploded all day. And we actually booked a small profit in GDX. And so here's one of our rules we follow. Ready for this, guys? This is important. Write this down. Right? Do not allow a gain to turn into a loss in your portfolio. Don't do it. I don't care if you want to buy the stock back next week. The first thing you have to do when you buy a stock right and it gaps up, implodes back to where you bought it, don't let that turn into a loss. Something about the decision process is not right. And what you want to do is Protect capital first. Reassess the situation. If you want to buy it back, buy it back. 
But the emotion of the situation, when you go from a gain to a loss, is so devastating. It stops you from making money elsewhere. And this is what I wanted to get to right now. I want you to think about the opportunity cost of money when you're investing. It's the most important and probably the only thing I took away from my Economics 101 class in university. Okay? There's not a lot I learned at university that I ever use in the real world. Um, My dad would say the purpose of university is to teach you how to make the unfamiliar familiar, and I use that every day in the real world. And I think he's right about that. But when it comes to the material, most of it was meaningless. One thing that was important is opportunity cost of money. What could you be doing with that capital? It's not just the investment in precious metals alone that I'm looking at. I'm managing my portfolio. I'm allocating a certain amount of capital to precious metals. If I'm losing money there, I don't like that. Nobody likes to lose money. But what makes it even worse, the rest of the market's going through the roof, and I could be using that capital somewhere else. So it's a double loss. If I stick with a losing position, not using that money for something else that could be making me money. The opportunity cost of the capital is devastating. This is why I always incorporate stops. I don't want to force my will on the market. And on top of that, it's compounding the problem if I'm not using the capital and allocating it correctly to something that can make me money. So you guys are asking me, I see the message board. Some of the questions are, what do I think of precious metals? Is it a one-time event? You know, how are we going to handle it? I'm telling you right now, number one, stops were hit. I'm out. So that's step one. I know all the fundamental reasons why the metals should go up. Heck, we made a lot of money last year in the metals because we knew those fundamental reasons. I cannot understand why silver was down 9% at one point yesterday and gold was down over 4%. Okay? I'm not going to waste our time today going over it. Nobody can explain it to me. And please don't tell me it's because Bitcoin's taking over. Okay? That's, look, that may be true on a long-term picture. That's not why gold and silver get knocked down 9 and 4% on a Friday to start the new year. That, it's not because people are buying Bitcoin. Okay? I don't know what's going on in that space. You've got... Democrats controlling government, which is going to equal profligate spending, right? We all know that. Okay? It's driving, that type of spending and Fed interventions driving the rest of the stock market and driving the U.S. dollar down, right? So here's the U.S. dollar. Major breakdown of a head and shoulders pattern. And so this is what I submit to all precious metals investors right now. If gold and silver cannot make all-time new highs right now with the U.S. dollar imploding, if I said to you the U.S. dollar is going to break down from a head and shoulders pattern August, September, October, November, December, and into January, and we said, what's going to happen to the price of gold during that period? You would say it'll be the reciprocal of this. Gold will be up here going through the roof, and yet... This is what's happened to gold. 
It's gone nowhere but down while the U.S. dollar is breaking down. All right, so let's stop debating all of the fundamentals of why gold should go up. And what I, what I wish for you is the ability to free up your mind using the idea of opportunity cost of capital. I don't care what happens to gold next week. I put a position on early. It went up. It came back to where I bought it. And of course, other positions I lost some money on, but small, nothing disastrous. And I'm out because I use stop losses. And what I submit to you now is, um, will I come back into metals at some point? Maybe. But they are at the very bottom of my whiteboard now. This is the second time where I've tried to take a shot and it's failed, which is okay. You take shots and they fail. But the opportunity cost of the money is starting to bother me. And here's another thought. If you're losing money in metals while the whole market's going up and you keep focusing on the metals, it stops you from making the trades you should be making because you're losing money over here. So it's very difficult emotionally to lose money over here and keep committing capital over there. You start worrying about your net worth and your P&L. So the opportunity cost of the capital is killing you and the emotion of losing money in the metals stops you from making other correct decisions, right? There were stocks you should have been buying on Friday that you probably weren't buying because you were looking at the fire going on in the portfolio in the precious metals side. I just can't have that anymore. So for me, precious metals for now are at the bottom of my whiteboard. They're lucky they're still on the whiteboard. And you say to me, well, what if they go up huge? I don't care. I'll be making money in other areas. At the end of the day, I guess that's what I come to at this point. If the metals are going up, the only reason why I would want to focus on the metals is if you were to say to me, the metals are going to go up while the whole rest of the market goes down. All right. And that just doesn't happen. That didn't even happen last year. The market imploded February and March and metals got destroyed. Right. So the metals are not a hedge. They don't go up when the market goes down, and they're not going up when the market's going up, and that's just too costly for me. So that's my thought on precious metals. I'm done. All right? Now, let's wrap up with um, a thought on Cannabis Couch, and then we'll get to Q&A. Okay? Um, here's my thought on cannabis. I want to share this. Let's just switch gears. Right, first of all, there's, there's MJ, okay? Here's MSOS, which is my two favorite ways to play cannabis right now. MJ and MSOS. Okay, you could own YOLO. YOLO is a third position, okay? Let me share with you what I think is going on here. So let's shift gears for a minute, if we can all do that for a second. You with me? Take a sip of coffee, move on from precious metals. Okay. We're on the cannabis couch now. Join me. <laughs> Jump in. The water is warm. Um. This is the biggest concern I have for you and for me. We have been on this cannabis story for three years. I started doing videos on YouTube a few years ago in the community here in Palm Beach. I was doing a couple of um, seminars about the cannabis opportunity from an investment standpoint. This is three years ago, two, three years ago. Um, 
late 2018, early 2019, I was doing it. What happened last week with Democrats taking control of government is potentially incredibly important for this investment theme. We would expect in the next six to nine to 12 months, some basic legislation to change that we've been waiting for for the last three years. The dinner bell is now ringing. Am I concerned that this investment theme hangs in the balance of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden? Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) I can't stand that, but I have to trust politicians to do the right thing. But let's all assume that they're going to do the right thing for the moment, right? Because it's not just the right thing. They desperately need tax revenue. So why don't we do some descheduling and open up the space? They're, they're um, using this um, cannabis uh, um, uh, reformation as a way to um, give back to constituents that voted for them. Um, there's such an overwhelming amount of evidence from a medical standpoint of the benefits of cannabis this can go on and on, and it seems like there's not any real um, opposition to some basic changes. So let's all agree on this conference call right now that we're going to get some change this year that's positive for the space. We don't know what it is. Could be safe banking. Could be the States Act. Could be a descheduling. Could be listing it as a Schedule S3, allowing for medical research. Any of these things will dramatically change the playing field. We've been waiting for this for three years. This is the biggest risk I see right now for us as investors that have been on this theme early. Getting off the theme too soon. Getting off the theme too soon is the risk for us. We are so early and so right on this investment opportunity, which I've been saying for three years is I think going to be the biggest investment opportunity of my life from a risk reward standpoint. And maybe that's hyperbole. I mean, I've lived through the internet boom. So obviously that was massive, but to me, this is just the simplest investment opportunity to, to, to understand. It's not hard to get, you know, way back when I had, you know, when Google first got started, nobody had any idea what the hell a Google was. Okay. But everybody owns and everybody understands cannabis and the benefits of cannabis. It's so simple. So you have revenue exploding for these U.S. MSOs under an onerous uh, legal environment. What will happen to revenue when the environment changes? Forget about it. And yet you have a small amount of capital that can get into the space because of all of these legal problems. So when you change those legal problems, you've got a massive amount of capital trying to get into a small space. What does that do for prices? You know, there are people that are just now getting to the cannabis theme. We've been on this theme for three years and it feels like, oh God, we're finally here, right? But there are people who just now coming in think it's the greatest idea ever, telling their friends. 
So the biggest mistake somebody can make in the investment world, and I've seen it happen over and over, is you, you, you dog a position for a couple of years, you finally get it right, and then you get off it right, too soon. You double money and think it's over. And meanwhile, it can go up 10 times or more. So how do we combat that? Um, we don't get over our skis. We don't commit too much capital in the midst of the hype. We buy weakness instead of strength. We trade around our core. Okay? So my portfolios right now, I have about 50% of the capital that I want committed to, to, to cannabis invested right now, which means I could put another, I could double my exposure and finally get to the level that I want. I wasn't going to carry all that exposure into an election that could have gone Republican. Well, I'm not buying these things. They run up into an election and then they blow out after the election. That's fine. That's fine. Now, what I'm going to do over the next couple of weeks is look to buy weakness in my favorite names. And we're going to follow the four-day rule like we just saw on, on gold and silver. Gold and silver failed, but let's look at what's going to happen to, pressure, to, to cannabis. So we have the gap up that changes the picture, right? This is a gap up that theoretically should not close. This is bringing in new investors because of um, a major change in the probably legal picture of the asset. So I would expect this not to close the gap. Day one is the, so day, the, the day of the gap up, you don't count. You start counting day one, day two, day three is, three is Monday, day four is Tuesday. By day four, if MJ is making a new high, I may very well have 100% of my exposure on cannabis. All right? If by day four, it's coming down to close the gap like gold and silver just did, well, then what I'll be looking to do is buy weakness. Does that make sense to everybody? Right? So there's a four-day rule when you get a gap up. It takes four days for the market to figure out what it wants to do with that gap. Is the gap going to hold and you start going higher because a whole new um, uh, group of individuals and investors are coming into the space? Or does the gap have to close? Right? If the gap closes, I'm going to buy weakness. If we see these things start to take off, I'm going to increase my exposure. Where am I going to go? In the short term, I think that Canadian... I know this is going to sound counterintuitive. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me, and that's okay. I think in the short term, the Canadian stocks are the best place to be. The reason is we just saw, and I could be wrong about this. We just saw um, Kiraleaf do a $250 million capital raise the day after the election. Why would they do that? Why, why, why not just, I mean, they have the cash. They don't need the money. So why wouldn't they just wait? until legislation changes and be able to raise capital at a lot cheaper rates. I mean, when these companies move from the Canadian stock exchange to the U.S. exchange, I mean, they'll be able to raise all kinds of money. When the Safe Banking Act passes, they'll be able to raise debt at normal interest rates instead of the double-digit rates they have to do now. So why raise money right away? Well, it makes me think that there's going to be consolidation in the space. Some of the big guys are going to raise capital right away, which should keep prices down a bit because usually it's dilution, right? And maybe they're going to be buying up some of the smaller guys. So maybe I'm going to look at some of the smaller USMSOs, okay? Um, what I really like, Canopy Growth, Kronos, and Village Farms. Let's take a look. 
right? Canopy Growth just said yesterday on the TV, CEO just said, we expect to be in the U.S. market within six to nine months. Okay, I like Canopy Growth. I know they're not going to raise capital and dilute me. Okay, and of course, we were buying leaps down in here. So we already have a, a gain on this thing. Question is, do we want more exposure? I don't know if we do or not, but there's an idea. Okay, I like Kronos. They're not going to raise capital. They're not going to dilute me. And with their connection to Altria, I expect them to have access to the U.S. markets as soon as necessary. Right. And then Village Farms also has its its um, tentacles into the U.S. market already. So those are three of my Canadian plays that I like a lot. And so I want to make sure I have exposure to those right away. And then what I'm looking to do in the U.S. space. I really like MSOS. Every time I look to go buy an individual name on the CSE and I do own them, I have my top four names that I like. Um, and I'll probably add some smaller positions in some of the smaller names that I like. And I'll share that with Armor Insiders on Monday morning's video at 8.30. I'll let you know what stocks I'm looking at. Um, but I really like MSOS. I don't see anything wrong with um, going with this asset. I can't, I, you know, we bought it down here. It's already skyrocketed. Do I increase position size a little bit on this news? Okay, yeah, I do. And look for a pattern to develop that I could increase my exposure through MSOS. And then I get access. The reason why I like that here is I get access to the whole space without concerns of dilution. I'm not going to buy the one guy that does a capital raise that knocks the stock down. Now, truth be told, that was a really impressive move by um, um, Curaleaf. Let's just take a quick look at Curaleaf. They raised capital and the stock was barely down. So that's impressive. If that's going to be the case, then, you know, what we're going to want to do is really buy the guys right, right after they do their capital raise. If the stocks hold up, that you, you can add to those names. Now, don't forget, we own it down here. So I'm not telling you to run out there and buy any of these stocks. Okay, we own the U.S. MSOs down here, guys. We're already up huge. So what we're doing at this stage is just adding around the edges to increase exposure a little bit in recognition that a major change is coming this year in the U.S. Those are my thoughts on the cannabis space. Let's get to your questions. We've been doing this for half an hour. Thanks for listening. Um, let's get to your questions. I know I meant to get to other ideas, but it's getting late. It's already been a half an hour. So let me go to your questions and we'll see what else we got. Thanks for listening, guys. Those are my thoughts for today. All right. Um, so a couple of questions here. Um, perfect time to load up on PSLV. So you already know what my thought is there, uh, Adrian. I, I don't, you know, I didn't buy, by the way. We did not add any uh, metal positions to our portfolio uh, in here. We didn't buy any PSLV or, or any silver. All we did was, you know, we owned the silver mining stocks, SILJ. And theoretically, this thing hasn't broken down yet. You could theoretically stay with this position if you wanted. It's just, you know, I'm done. That's it for me. I don't need to hold on to a position that's, um, you know, when silver is breaking down 9% in one day, I just don't need those assets anymore. All right. So I'm not, I don't find, I don't think that's weakness that I want to buy. 
And it really comes down to the opportunity cost of my capital. There's just other things I'd rather do with the money. Even if these things stop going down and consolidate again and make another run at it, think of the money I could be making elsewhere. Here, I'll give you an example. I'd rather be buying this, which we did this week, right? We bought Spotify right in the base, blew out. Making new highs on Spotify for up and out chart patterns. That's what I'm looking for. It's opportunity cost of money. Free up your mind to focus on how to really have investing success. And it's not about forcing your will on the market because you think the asset should go up. The market's going to tell you if you're right or wrong. So you put your trades on, you use your stops. If it goes against you, you move on and you keep freeing up your capital. Keep moving and checking until you get free. And that's how you put the puck in the net. All right. Um, what else you got for me? We had another great week. Yeah, we did, Quail Hollow. Thanks for mentioning that. I appreciate it. All right. I added SSPK this week. Looks interesting. <clears throat> Let's take a look. I'm not even sure what that is. Here's a stock that we're all doing research on. In the, in the, this is just for you, Eris. Right, so this is the O'Neill charts I'm looking at, and um, this is a chart of NVIDIA making a tight consolidation. I really don't like the relative strength. It's just straight down making new lows. It's still an 80 relative strength, and the stock is holding tight to its base. So maybe we add that right next to our AMD. Looks a little bit better, of course. Both of which are Bitcoin mining plays. Don't forget that. All right. Um, so SSPK, let's take a look. Blank check company. Boy, man, I just don't do blank check companies, but I left a lot of money on the table. Um, done, have done any DD on weed maps? What's the, Raymond, what's the symbol on weed maps? Okay, let's go move on. NVTA. I can't really help you on, on Silver Spike unless I know what they're doing and I don't know anything about it, so I have to move on. All right, um, genetic diagnostic testing, hereditary disorders. You know, I really like this space, okay? Here's where the, the uh, armor report is, all right? So we have a big position in Illumina right down here, okay, which is the granddaddy of genetic testing, all right? And uh, we really like exact sciences, Okay. I really like this chart pattern on a weekly level. Maybe it's better for you to see it on this chart here. I, I don't have a lot of information on Novatel. Oops, excuse me. Oh, that is me. Hey, guys. Um, here's the reverse head and shoulders on exact sciences that really attracts me, and it's right on the neckline. Okay. So I'm going to do a little bit of work for you on, uh, there's so many of them, NVTA. I don't know NVTA, so I have to do a little bit of work there. I'll tell you, it's not my favorite chart pattern, so I don't feel anxious to do work immediately. Um, let's all not, let's don't forget TXG. I had a great week. That chart pattern looks pretty good right there.
biotech. Take a look at IBB. Yeah, biotech's breaking out, no doubt. Had a big week there. TWST. Disruptive DNA synthesis. Yeah, all of these names are really running. And of course, you know, the armor investing way is to buy weakness in the midst of strength. So none of these names that you're listing right now um, before fun times is a, a chart pattern that I could buy, right? They're all, you know, in the stratosphere. So I share with you a couple of other names that have yet to break out. Exact Sciences, you can see that chart pattern right there. That's yet to break out. And TXG looks like it's about to break out of a tight pennant formation after a nice run last year. So those are a couple of genetics names that are at the, the, the point of, you know, demarcation. And how about even Illumina up here? looks like it's about to break out of a four up and out pattern. That's a massive weekly pattern on Illumina. And of course, you know, this stock is getting completely out of hand, which is a small time competitor to Illumina, but not even remotely going to replace Illumina's business in the near future. The, the, the CEO of Pacific Biosciences will tell you that. And by the way, a lot of the management comes from Illumina. So it looks like they're going to be doing more collaboration than anything else. That stock skyrocketed on Friday because of a story that perhaps there's going to be an investment from SoftBank. All right, moving on. Guys, um, you're, you know, you're giving me some interesting ideas that are up huge, and I hope that you're already on them. Well done. But doesn't, these aren't places for me to enter. Tech Monkey, hey, how you doing? Always nice to see you, Deb. All right, so let's go over. Um, let's go over Green Thumb again versus buying the individual, uh, buying the ETFs. All right. So, like you, Deb, we already have our position on Green Thumb. Okay, we added it right down here, the Armor Report. Okay, and so already up huge. So, when you say, you, you know, how to allocate, you're, you're going to have to make that decision obviously on your own. Okay, so I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just sharing with you what I think for my capital right now. Um, I don't think Leaf will be the only guy doing a secondary. So if other guys do secondaries, other big names go out there and access capital, the stocks should go down. If they don't, that's unbelievably bullish. So it's why I... I move more towards MSOS right now because at the very least, I'm not going to buy the stock that announces the secondary that drops 10, 15% the next morning. It'd be better for us to wait and see if Green Thumb does a deal. And if it comes down, buy it when the deal's done. Just like I could add the cure leaf because the deal's already been done. But these are just short-term discussions we're having right now. This has nothing to do with the longer-term picture. I'm just talking about in the next couple of weeks, what am I going to do with my own personal capital? I don't think I'm going to be adding to U.S. MSOs individually just in case they all go on a you know, capital raise rampage. But I could bump up my MSOS position 
because then I'll capture if the whole group goes up, I'm going to make the money. And if one or two names, you know, are down, just like that day when Kira Leaf did their deal, that stock was down. I don't know what it was, five percent. But MSOS was up on the day, like one, I think one and a quarter percent. Because it's actually good news. I mean, they're bringing capital into the space, probably going to consolidate the space. So anyway, those are my thoughts there. Do with it what you will. What are your thoughts on proposed tax increases in the market? Uh, what a disaster. It was the strangest emotional feeling when the Democrats took Georgia. It was really a strange emotional feeling for me that night. I was elated because it speeds up the process of investing in cannabis. And I expect this to be a huge year force in cannabis. I thought it would be big anyway. That makes it even bigger. But at the very same time, it, it, it makes me very concerned for the country, the economy, and everything else. And so I have to remind myself that I had friends that are on the left. Believe it or not, I do have friends on the left. Because me and the friends that I have are able to look past our political opinions and be friends. But I did have some friends on the extreme left who were so concerned about Trump, they were literally looking at property in Costa Rica. And I tried over a dinner party to talk them off the ledge four years ago. I said, guys, take a deep breath. One man's not going to ruin the whole country in four years. You don't have to go anywhere. Okay? And I asked them now, and I still have a hard time getting an honest answer out of them, but don't they feel just a little sheepish? Just a little sheepish. Oh, my God. You know, the world's going to come to an end four years ago. It didn't. It didn't come to an end. It was the greatest thing that ever happened to Democrats was Donald Trump, because now they control the entire government. <laughs> right? Okay? Everybody take a deep breath. All right? So... You bring up this question about taxes and, you know, it makes me very concerned, but I try to, you know, I don't know how that helps us make money in the near term. You might be right somewhere out there in the distance, the government controlled by the left will do some really ridiculous things because they don't understand economics that will ruin um, both the market and the economy. It probably will happen. Don't forget that infamous comment from Barack Obama that said the GDP can never grow more than 1%. But he was absolutely right. If you incorporate left-leaning solutions to the economy, the GDP will not grow more than 1%. If you instead reduce regulation and reduce taxes, you can have economic growth and put a lot of people to work. These are simple facts, okay? So somewhere in the middle, you've got to find a common ground. And unfortunately, right now, we have a government that's not finding common ground, right? It's going the absolute opposite way. Just You could argue that's what Trump did, okay. But not really, because Trump had to deal with the Democratic House, which you know, kept the lid on things. So now there's no lid on things to go the wrong way. So... I'm going to reserve the right to hope that, you know, intelligence prevails, which is, you know, usually not the case in 
Capitol Hill, but who knows? Um, and we're not going to make investment decisions based on what we think might happen with taxes. But should they pass all of those ridiculously uh, awful uh, market, um, 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 you know, laws? Yeah, probably brings the whole market down at some point. And we better stay aware, you know, better stay aware. There's nothing we can do about it now. Any thoughts on QS? There's QS, right? That's a broken chart pattern if I've ever seen one. So what we need to see there, Mo, is a real, um, a real consolidation of some, of some kind that gives us reason to buy the stock. That's a major breakdown, major collapse, you know, total blow off top. Let me just say something else, guys. I am very concerned with the stock market while I keep making money in the stock market. Take a close look at QS. You're going to see a number of chart patterns that develop like this over the next three months. Names that everybody made a lot of money on last year that they're sure is going to skyrocket that's going to implode. I've been here before. This looks very much like 1999-2000 where you had concept ideas that may be right five years from now, but the stocks are going up like they're right tomorrow, right? And that's just a greater fool theory. And when that breaks, oh God, it gets ugly. Now, in 2000, it didn't break until late March. So there could be a huge opportunity. In fact, I remember in 2000, we had portfolios up 30% in the first three months of the year. And then the NASDAQ dropped 50% in two months, right through the end of May. Doesn't mean I'm not going to make money in here. I'm going to keep putting money to work. I'm going to follow my strategies and my rules. But let me tell you, when the Armour algorithms go 100% cash and the risk monitor goes red, I'm going to listen to that and I'm going to protect capital, capital as fast as I can. And I'm probably still going to give back five, maybe even 10% off the top, depending on how fast this market implodes. Cause it will, when you get this kind of like rampant speculation, it never ends well, but it's very difficult to call the top. So I look at a pattern like this and I say, no interest. This is a time for us, Mo, to do research on quantum to see is there, any, is, there e, is there even a real business model here? And if we end up doing the research and we like it, it goes on the whiteboard and we wait for a whole new pattern to develop. Gloria, good morning. Good morning to you. Love learning from you. Oh, I appreciate that, Gloria. Thanks. Curious to get your recent thoughts on Truly. I'm trying to decide if I... Focus more on MSOS, MSOS instead of adding to my truly position. All right. So I'm just going to say, I'm probably already answered this question, but I'll say it again. I love TrueLeave. I own TrueLeave. So this is not a knock against TrueLeave. It's just a question of um, risk and reward and what they're doing at MSOS. I think that the guys running that ETF are really smart. I like that I get diversification across the entire U.S. cannabis space. And here's a thought for you. At this stage in the cycle, 
I think it's a group move more than it is a one stock move. In the last year, you could argue it was more of a true leave year because they're just crushing it and they're outperforming the group. I think 2021, I could be wrong. You're just asking my opinion. So please make your own decisions. But I think 2021 is a group move. I think massive amounts of capital is going to try to get into the space. When massive amounts of capital gets into the space, it doesn't just buy TrueLeaf. It buys everything in the space. And that's why MSOS is so attractive to me. I'm going to capture that group move. And then once we get past that, that group move, we'll go into another stage. Maybe it's 2022. I don't know where we start to get outperformance in individual names again. But when we go from, um, and by the way, we haven't gone from anything yet, right? We, we've yet to have legislation change. So we're still betting. Don't forget this. We're still betting on Pelosi, Schumer, and Biden. Oh my God. I mean, I just said that. I feel like selling everything now. <laughs> I'm selling them all. I mean, really, do you want to bet on those three people? Holy smokes. At the end of the day, we are, in fact, those three people have to execute. So rules change. Now, everybody's expecting that to happen. And we're going to assume it's going to happen. If that happens, this will be a group move first. And then in future years, we'll get back to that process of which companies are run better that do better and da 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 da. So I have my allocation to TrueLeave, but for my own personal money, I'm looking to invest in MSOS or YOLO or MJ to just increase my total exposure. And I also take less single stock risk at this point. You know, what, what if a lot of money comes into this space and um, I'll give you an example. Here's a reason why maybe I don't, I don't see myself adding to TrueLeaf. If I live in Florida. If you've been in Florida, if you um, have been into any of these stores, and I, I've gone into all these stores from a due diligence standpoint. Just I wanted to see TrueLeaf store, a Green Thumb store, a CureLeaf store. My favorite store is Certera Wellness. You probably never even heard of it unless you live in Florida. But it's the second biggest USMSO in Florida based on the amount of weed they sell. It's backed up by Jimmy Buffett. In fact, it's his company and he bankrolled it. If you go into that store, it feels like you're walking into almost like a Starbucks for, for, for cannabis. It's the greatest experience. The stock's not public. Does it come public this year? And do people then start to see competition for true leave? How about just the fact that it comes public this year? I don't know if it is or not. I'm just saying if it does and you have another place where you can invest in Florida, does that siphon off some capital? I don't know. You see my point? When rules change like this, the playing field, you know, the cards start flipping and the playing field changes. And so what I'd rather do is own the space right now until I see where everything shakes out and then, you know, increase exposure to individual names when I get more comfortable. That's my thought for you.
Raymond, I'm glad you have your winners. Well done. Good for you. Opportunity cost of money and the invisible hand. <laughs> I love it. Um, Saber, all right. How come you watch ETFs instead of silver and gold charts themselves? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I've, been, I've been investing in the precious metal space going back to 2004, 2005. And without a doubt, it's always been that the mining stocks lead the metal. It's always like that. It wasn't like that last year at the bottom of the market. That was a unique pandemic implosion. And so then gold took off and then the mining stock. But typically the mining stocks lead the metal. That's first of all. Second of all, if I'm going to take risk, and here's the, really the answer. You ready for this answer? I hope you're still listening. I hope you're there, Saber, because this is the answer to your question. I could buy silver, which went down 7%, no, 9% at one point on Friday. Or I could buy SILJ. It was only down something like 5 6%. You lost more money in silver yesterday than you did the mining stocks. Go figure that. So the third reason is that when you get it right and they start going up, the leverage inside of the company's business as prices go up can lead to dramatic rises in the, in the mining company's stocks that you don't see in silver. And so that's why I'd rather own the mining companies. But it doesn't mean you can't make money in the metals too. I mean, have at it, man. Don't let me get in your way. It's just I'd rather own the mining companies. Because when it's right and the whole group goes up, I expect to make more money in the miners than I would in the, in the metal itself. And apparently when it's wrong and the metal collapses, the, the ETF of the mining stocks went down less. So on my way out, I lost less. So that's like a win-win. Good for you, ID Doc. You know, it's very hard. I know you're a metals fan, and I just read your, your you know, yesterday was real tough on you, but you stepped aside and you moved on by the end of the day. That's the hardest decision to make because I guarantee all weekend you're thinking, oh, my God, what if it's up huge on Monday? You know, that's just ego. You know, forget it. What are we going to make money on next is the question. You know, stops are hit. We have to step aside. And you can always come back in. But here's my last thought for you on that. You said you got killed. That sounds to me like your allocation was too big. So please consider that going forward. You know, one of my New Year's resolutions this year is to make sure I allocate correctly the groups that are in my portfolio. We all think about position size. That makes sense. But also you have to look at how many positions do you have in that space, you know, so I try to keep it between 20 and 30%, but let's say really 20%. I try to keep my allocation 20% in each group, five different groups in my portfolio. So maybe 20% cannabis, 20% metals, 20% you know, d d disruptive growth, 20% established growth, 20% turnaround stories. That way I get um, a diversification so no one group can destroy me. No one group can kill me. 
You know, now I might bump up cannabis and make it 30%, but that'll be max, 30% max. And I only carry that amount if I'm making money, right? The minute that starts to go against me, I cut that right back down to an average allocation size. So those are my numbers. You got to figure out the numbers that work for you. But if you feel like you got hit too hard on the metals, then I submit to you the position size was too big. And so consider that next time. Joe Black, yes, that's right. Good, I'm glad you agree. Is this a live video? I hope it is. They do legalize cannabis. What do you think would happen to these companies with massive competition coming in? Is to it, um, I'm not too worried about the competition yet, okay? And I think um, before massive competition comes in, I think a lot of these companies will be bought. So if they legalize, I don't think you're going to get a company coming into Florida trying to start from the ground up to create a grow facility. What they'll do is buy TrueLeaf. That's what I think they'll do. So I think that there'll be an you know, some unbelievable opportunities owning these names here. It's not as simple as just, hey, let's open up in Florida and start opening stores and selling product. You have to be vertically integrated. You have to grow your, you you need a grow facility. Then that takes time to plant and harvest and all this stuff. This is what's so beautiful about this investment theme. So I think the first step on legalization is the big guys come in and take over some of these USMSOs that own the licenses and have the grow. Chris King, good week for a protected portfolio. Thanks for your guidance this week. MSOS options still very fairly priced, deep in the money calls. As long as no interstate selling is approved, we good. I'm with you on that, Chris. <laughs> I'm with you on that. That's a good idea. I hadn't thought of that. Maybe I should look into the, uh, the um, MSOS options as a way to increase my exposure. I love that idea. So thanks for that thought. And I don't think they're going to be... Um, allowing for interstate selling anytime soon. This is going to be a process. I mean, nobody knows, but I can't imagine them going from where we are now to free for all, let's all start selling weed tomorrow. I think what you're going to get this year is a safe banking act, you know, is a state's act, you know, and it'll be a process over the next probably four years before you ever get to decriminalization, completely legal. Everybody can do whatever they want. I'm not sure they'll ever get there. I think it'll be regulated. There's too much money in it, the way it's set up right now. Governments are collecting. They're not just going to say, okay, everybody have at it. They like the structure and the fees that they get. Uh, Market makers will sell into that strength to find the imbalance. I I don't know exactly, but I think you're right about, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Okay. Um, Some of my PM stocks managed to get higher in the last hour of the day, despite selling. I'm not sure what it can mean, any ideas. I don't, I don't think it means, for me, it doesn't mean anything. I'm out. So I don't know how to help you on that. Um, except for this, I don't really care what happens next week in the space. My help for you in precious metals is that there's opportunity cost of money right now. There are so many ideas I'd like to own in my portfolio. I can't find the room. So I don't have time for an asset that drops 9% in a couple of hours for no good reason. I just can't deal with that. 4% down in gold? 
With, with the dollar down, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know what's going on there. And Chris King, an Armor Insider, said something really interesting um, la- last week. You know, in our Armor Insiders, we all share a Slack room together. We're all sharing ideas all day together, and it really helps. I mean, I, I created this whole Armor Report for you guys, and I've discovered that it comes back to me, you know, multifold because we're just a, an army of analysts, and I, I can't cover everything myself. So it's just a wonderful, a rich environment of information and ideas. One thing Chris said last week is so true. This is the time of the month when metal stocks should go up. Usually we get this kind of a raid on metal stocks at the end of every month when futures roll and options roll. We talk about that every end of every month. They're getting wrecked the first week of the new year, the beginning of the month. I mean, this is the time for them to shine. I don't have time for this. I don't care what they do next week. I got other names to own. Unless you want to tell me that those stocks are going to go up while the whole market's going down, and so it's a good hedge for my portfolio. But show me the last time that happened. So it's really just, do I want to allocate assets here or here? Because they act the same. I mean, and, and over here is making more money than this. So I don't have time for it. What do I think of Planet 13? I think that it's a, um, a small name in a small space, which I had no interest in before that I might have interest in now this year, because I think the small guys will get bought by the big guys. And so I have to do a little bit more work on that. I'm not investing in green infrastructure right now at all. Um, there are some names out there that are interesting. Um, I think like, was it Kern? I think, is it K-E-R-N? Uh, that's always in the back of my mind because they have a, a software um, for the selling Acorn compliance technology company, right? For the cannabis space. I always have my eye on that idea, but I just, you know, in a world where these companies can't um, use the banking system, I don't know why they're going to run out there and start buying compliance software, but that might change this year. And so Acorn might be something we should put on our list. But I just don't think it's on the list in the first half of the year. I think maybe as rules change, we should make a list. Let's do this, Armor Insiders. Let's put this list together and put it on our whiteboard of, um, of, of those types of infrastructure names for cannabis. I don't have an interest in them right now, but I may as the year goes on. Okay, great. Saber, I love it. I love, it. I love your question there. Um, I'm willing to buy the weakness. If the gap closes in MJ, I'm willing to buy the weakness in cannabis stocks. But the gap closing in, in precious metals, I'm not willing to buy. Why is that? Let's go look at the tape. I want to get to other questions, but I'm just going to answer this real quick. Okay, GDX is in a downtrend, right? So there's selling pressure that's gone on since August. All right, so a failure on the selling pressure in a downtrend could get ugly quick, and I'm not going to stay with it. Look at MJ. MJ's in an uptrend since November. So what I like to do is buy weakness in the midst of strength. The strength is the uptrend we're in. If it comes and closes the gap, I'll buy the weakness in the uptrend. 
What I don't want to do is buy weakness in weakness. Okay, so there's weakness here going back all the way to August. And it's breaking back down. Also, look at the breakdown in GDX. It's taken us back below the 200-day, the 50-day, the 25-day moving averages. Okay, let's look at MJ. If there was weakness and it closed the gap, all it would do was take us right to the 25-day. All the moving averages are in uptrends. There's, there's, there's flows of capital coming into the space, and I'm buying the weakness and the strength. Right now, there's flows of capital out. All the moving averages are down and heading south or flattening out, as you can see in the 200-day moving average, is flattening out. I'm not willing to stay. This is just my opinion, man. Do whatever you're, you're comfortable with, you know? I use stops. I set them up. You know, I don't let gains turn into losses. That's another thing. My gains in these cannabis stocks are huge. They come down and close the gap. I'm not, I'm not letting it turn into a loss. But we just put positions on the metal stocks. We had gains that came right back to where I bought them. I'm not letting those turn into losses. So those are my reasons there. Those are just the armor investing way. It's, it's the way I invest. It's the way I protect my own personal capital. Um, No, no, no. Okay, thanks for asking me this question. Charlotte's Web, it says, is it your most favorite USA idea? I'm concerned that you all, you're not the only person that said that. I have not had Charlotte's Web on my whiteboard for months. Okay, two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago to two years ago, Charlotte's Web is at the top of my whiteboard. I don't own a share of Charlotte's Web. I have no interest in Charlotte's Web. I haven't had an interest in Charlotte's Web in a year and a half. Okay? They had a window of opportunity that they did not get through. It was hurt because the FDA never put out rules for CBD coming from hemp. Now, all the big guys have caught up. Where's the edge for Charlotte's Web? They don't have an edge. Now you got guys like Canopy Growth growing hemp, selling. I mean, forget about it. I have no interest in that stock, and I haven't for a while. So um, it, it's, it's not one of my most favorite. I'm cu curious why you still think that if, after over a year of, of this, unless you're new or you haven't, haven't been part of these conversations for the last year. Um, SBE. We're going over an hour here, but... You guys have some interesting ideas, so I'll keep looking. Switchback, blank check. I just don't do blank check companies. I don't do them, but Armor Insiders, I'll be sharing this with you. I am having to sit down with a new blank check company. It is coming out in the next couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm going to be doing that, in a, I think, next week is my, is my meeting. I'm probably not going to be involved in it, but I am sitting down with these people. So I'm trying to get closer to a blank check investment and understand it more. And perhaps I'll, I'll, I'll participate, but I just don't participate right now in these names. And I probably won't unless I know the management team. So I'll reveal armor insiders. I'll tell you what this blank check IPO is and who these people are. If I end up doing it, I'm just doing some due diligence right now. All right. There is news on NVIDIA. I do like NVIDIA's chart. 
Um, it's real tight to the base. So we'll see how that stock opens in the morning. And we'll probably put that on our day trade list. And if it sets up correctly, we'll get long on the day trade and see if, um, you know, see if we can't pick it off. Hey, Raymond, you're telling me Weed Maps is, is becoming part of SSPK? That's interesting. Blank check company that's buying Weed Maps? All right, I got to do some work on that. All right, I'm going to put SSPK on the list. Okay. And let's put Acorn back on the list, and we'll start building a list of, of cannabis infrastructure names. Yeah, guys, these blank check companies went berserk. I get it. Um, I like to know what I'm investing in, though. Uh, I use uh, the software I use right now. You're looking at a William O'Neill chart, a MarketSmith, and um, right here, you're looking at a trade station. There's NVIDIA. So it's tight to its base. What we're going to look for is a gap up in the morning. If it goes above top day VWAP, we'll probably put that position on. Jesse says, powerful message from you today, Brett. Hey, Jesse, I really appreciate that, man. Thank you. Sound like your old wrestling coach. Probably because I sound like my old hockey coach. <laughs> Can related CLVR. Don't know that one. Um, all right, let's take a look. I'm going to try to rip through some. I mean, you guys want to keep doing this? I'll stay a little bit longer if you guys are with me. CLVR. Ever leaves holdings? No, no idea what that is. I can't help you there. Um, that chart pattern says it all, really. All right. Um, I, am I under un, uninterested in oil? How can I get interested in oil unless it's like a total, you know, um, contrarian play? I mean, the Democrats just took over. How can we be interested in oil? Maybe I should be because it's a complete contrarian play. There's Exxon, just for the hell of it, you know. Whoops, that's not what I wanted. What's Chevron? CVX? Yeah. You know, for the dividends, I don't know. I just don't have any interest in... Oh, you guys aren't looking at that, are you? I don't have any interest in... There's too many other ideas for me. I just can't do it. What are your thoughts on AT&T? Love AT&T. It was not down on Friday, by the way, guys. It paid a dividend of 52 cents. So it traded X dividend yesterday. All right, so I'm picking up the dividend, and I think that this base is going to hold. I could be wrong. Who knows? You know? But for now, I'm going to collect the dividend. Mexican government. I don't have any interest in that, my friend. Anything that has to do with the Mexican government isn't going to work for me. Doesn't, I, don't, I don't have any interest in, in a cannabis company in Mexico right now. You know, I got my hands full on cannabis companies in the U.S. and Canada. I don't need cannabis companies anywhere else in the world right now. 
maybe that's because I'm U.S. centric, but I mean, I got so many ideas to own there. Why would I take risk anywhere else? I don't, I don't see the purpose. Maybe you can explain it to me. Yeah, exactly. Leon, uh, uh, Leon thank you so much for uh, that QS response there. I totally agree. All of that. All right, um, just ripping through here. AMD, it looks fine to me. That chart pattern looks like, you know, a stock that's holding up here. So, you know, if you like AMD, you just, you have your stop in place and you leave it alone, right? There's the chart pattern. It takes out these lows. It's obviously done. If it moves higher from here, you got your trade on. What's up with the value premium? Any chance we see it off this SPX move? I don't know. Dropped out of the bottom of this. It came back around yesterday. Not with you on that. JMIA. You know, I keep missing this idea. Maybe this is a year for me to pay attention to it. I just don't, I just, maybe I just don't understand because I'm so US centric and forgive me for all of, all of you who are around the world watching this video Armor insiders who are from all over the world, which is uh, um, lots of fun, and I love working with you all. I am very U.S. centric, you know, U.S. Canada. That's where I like to invest. So I don't know. I just don't get. I don't get the whole African continent selling products from a German company. I just don't get it. Maybe I, I, we have some German insiders. I'd love for you guys to share information on this company. Maybe you can help me understand JMIA better. Um, we have a number of actually German armor insiders. And, and so if you guys have some thoughts here, maybe you can help me because what I like to do, the armor investing way is to build my whiteboard. And I like to listen to conference calls, talk to management teams. It, it goes a long way towards me understanding a business. I'll, I'll give you a, an idea. I'll give you an idea what I mean. For those of you still on this call, I was on a um, conference call from November on New Relic yesterday. Stock was up big. So I went back and I listened to the conference call that they had here when the stock gapped down on earnings. And the reason I did that is I wanted to hear what they said to analysts that day. Were they telling the truth? Was their prediction accurate? What happened on fr uh, Friday, stock gapped up because everything they said on this conference call turned out to be true. I love that. Now I know I can trust management. They weren't blowing smoke back in November. They explained exactly what was happening to analysts, and they were absolutely right. So this goes on my whiteboard now. I like that management team. I can't do that with JMIA. And so it, I just can't trade it. I can't own it. I can trade it. I just can't own it. Rent-a-Center, 7% quarterly. I mean, Rent-a-Center, yeah, I, I see Rent-a-Center stock. I just... I don't know. I never, I never, I never want to, I just never get long run a center. I don't know. All right, guys, listen, I appreciate all of your time.
time today with me, all of your ideas and suggestions. It always helps me out. I hope I'm helping you out. Armor Insiders, I look forward to seeing you at 8.30 Monday morning for our morning call before the market opens. We'll get ourselves set up. We'll know what stocks we're going to be day trading. We'll know how we're going to attack the week. For those of you who are not insiders, consider becoming an insider. Right down here, you can look at our website, armrreport.com. And I will see all of you again Monday, 4.30 for the end of day stock market wrap. Have a great weekend, guys.